Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Welcome back, listeners, to Red Club Podcast. So this man doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to give him one. So I've got Denny Chapman on the show today. He's a former mounted police officer, former mounted shooting competitor. He's the media host for Big Daddy Unlimited. He's been on Top Shot, a stunt performer in The Walking Dead, former rodeo specialty act performer. I mean... Denny, what have you not done? <laughs> um, I've just been really lucky to have a lot of really cool life experiences. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's been awesome. Still I awesome. mean, I want to be like you when I grow up. I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> you probably don't want to have the aches and pains I have from the stunt work and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun for sure. Well, I don't know if you followed my journey. I mean, my stunts is me hurting myself without <laughs> being paid for it. So maybe I, I could- saw that. I hope you're feeling better. Are you are you 100% now? Yeah. Yeah. Way better. <laughs> cool. Cool. Awesome. Right, good to hear. Good to hear. So my first question, I've got to know this because I, I think about this a lot myself. Did you ever imagine right now that you would be in this part of life, like experience all of this when you got started? No, no, not at all. It's uh, it's been an incredible journey. Um, <clears throat> I'm a firm believer in all the, you know, the little things that happen to us and the decisions we make uh, have bearing on where we are. And a lot of it's been happenstance and a lot of it's just been, you know, heaven sent maybe, I don't know. And just really cool stuff. But no, I never really imagined I would be here today doing what I'm doing and having had the experiences I've had. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've tried to Google you and I have like 7,000 articles on you and pictures and videos. So I don't know where to start on (laughs) what came first, you know, like, did you grow up on a farm and raise horses, um, like shooting, like where did all of this start? Cool. Okay. Yeah. So way back when, so, um, I grew up in a small town called Cambria, Illinois. And by the way, I'm looking, if our viewers see me look here, I'm looking at the monitor because that's where I see Kenzie, even though the camera's looking at me there. So I grew up in Southern Illinois in Cambria, Illinois, awesome little town. When I was growing up, it was population 800, right? So all my, most of my buddies and schoolmates were rural kids like me, uh, small town or on farms. Um, about the time, I grew up hunting and fishing, Southern Illinois, lots of great hunting, lots of great fishing there. It was natural, just the way I grew up. Um, grew up with guns as a, a sporting tool that I learned to uh, use safely and appreciate and to be responsible with as, as a very, very young person. As a matter of fact, I just recently reacquired my childhood 410 side-by-side shotgun that um, my grandfather got me shooting probably when I was six or seven years old. And on a recent trip back home, my parents sent it back home with me. Uh, they, they found it. They sent it back home with me. So grew up, grew up around guns. Um, did not grow up with horses. However, about the time that I was old enough to start being interested in girls, for some reason, all the girls I liked were horse girls. And I said, man, I better learn how to something learn something about these horses and uh so i did and um eventually learned to i really like these horses i really like this stuff so that's kind of how i got into the horse end of things 
Um, but, but the horse part, like, did you find a friend's farm? Did you go volunteer to work? Like, how did you even find it? Yeah, them? yeah, yeah, absolutely. I worked off, I worked, I, there was a local fox hunting farm. Ooh. And uh, so I worked for lessons. And so I learned to ride jumpers first, which is really cool. And they're a lot of fun, very exciting. And then um, eventually uh, learned how to ride stock seat. Uh, and a uh, couple, three or four different Western riding disciplines. And, um, uh, gosh, fast forward to college. Um, I was on the equestrian team at Murray state university where I went to college and where I graduated from, mm -hmm. uh, which was a lot of fun. And so horses were, you know, I, I, I love, I still love horses, even though I'm kind of retired from the horse and a thing, yeah. but, uh, yeah, that's kind of where the, how the horse thing went. So equestrian stuff is not cheap at all no no it's a lifestyle so yes it's a lifestyle um you uh it's you just can't it's not like cats you leave a litter box and go on vacation you can't do that i i don't know is that what you do with cats i don't know i don't know i'm uh, not a cat person sorry had barn, ca had barn cats but uh no man it's a lifestyle and it's an it's a life investment uh, so yeah. yeah, I have to live it. So it's such a huge part of my life, but I lived on, literally lived on the road for a long time, mm -hmm. um, traveling with my horses and with my clients horses, because a large part of my living, we're fast forwarding now, right. Sure. To maybe, you know, 10 years ago, uh, and, um, made my living as a professional mounted shooting competitor. Not that the prize winnings paid my bills, which they didn't, they barely right. covered my fuel costs most of the time my entry fees and things like that but it, i trained and sold a lot of mounted shooting horses and desensitized a lot of horses for the sport prepared them for the sport did a lot of clinics and daily lessons and so that's really what paid my bills at the time but yeah you got to live it it's a lifestyle and i do kind of miss it my last two horses are with some friends of mine that are using them for uh, mounted posse work and trail riding and uh, drill team stuff because I'm just, because of my job now, I don't have, I, I can't responsibly take care of those horses 24 seven like I could before. I commute an hour and a half to work twice a day now. So it's, uh, but, uh, and we'll, we'll talk, we can talk a little bit more. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more what I'm doing now and why I think it's yeah. worth it. Cause I really oh, yeah. like it. But uh, yeah, that's the horse stuff. I still love horses, a huge part of me. I still wear, I'm literally wearing, I'll show you. I'm going to flash you. You ready? All right. Oh, so yeah. this is 2015 Shoot for the Troops. Uh, real, one one of my cool buckles I won years ago in Stephenville, Texas, in the wow. Cowboy Mountain Shooting Association. So, yeah, still the, the cowboy lifestyle is still a big part of my life. This is still – it's more than my persona. It's really who I am. And half the time I'm wearing my cowboy hat around headquarters here and on yeah. the range and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's still a big part of who I am. So the, the piece that fascinates me with the horses, like training them and getting them ready and all of that, how would someone that wasn't in your position be able to go find and compete in mountain horse competitions? Like, are there people that still would take volunteer hands or they would? Huh. Yeah. Yeah. There are, there are still a um, number. I'm going to say there's probably 10 or 12 really reputable. And I, I know that doesn't sound like a lot, um, but it's a really small sport. Yeah. You know, it's a really specialized sport. There's probably 10 or 12 really reputable uh, professional uh, mounted shooting trainers and clinicians that will not only train your horse, but train, train you as well. Um, probably half of those folks are doing it full time, making their living by it. Probably 
half of those folks have a day job that they, oh, okay. they, they're paying bills with as well. But yeah, there are people out there. You can literally go on the Cowboy Mounted Shooting Association website and uh, just search Cowboy Mounted Shooting. It's, I think it's CMSA, cmsaevents.com, and they actually have a list of trainers. Okay. Uh, so, uh, they have a certification process now, I think, that uh, qualified people can get on that list. You can actually find somebody in your area. The sport is really cool. It's all over the country. Yeah. Um, I, When I was competing professionally, make my living, every chance I had, every TV camera I saw, whether it was an NRA convention or SHOT Show or whatever, I ended up in front of those cameras promoting CMSA. It was such a huge part of my life, so I still want to give them a big shout out. And yeah. Anybody who's interested in the sport, uh, uh, you can pursue it and become a part of it. And it's awesome. Horses and guns it doesn't get much more American than that. No. I mean, it's really, it's really cool. Um, one of the big questions people ask about mounted shooting is about the venues and the ammunition and the safety issues. And we're not running around rodeo arenas with people sitting 360 shooting live ammo just can't happen. <laughs> We're shooting specially, specially loaded blanks that actually shoot um, a shotgun pattern like uh, projectiles of burning powder, yep. uh, about like a 410 pattern. So at 20, it's, they're designed not to, not to travel past 21 feet okay. before they burn out and dissipate for audience safety. So no targets are closer. Usually the targets are like 30 feet away from the nearest wall and then the audience members are usually another 15 20 feet away <laughs> for safety but you you can still miss it's funny you're like wow you can't but then you can't miss well yeah you can miss believe me because i've missed a few few targets myself so instead of a uh, splash zone it's a pattern zone it's pattern zone yeah exactly pattern okay. zone so yeah and uh you have two single action cowboy guns right single action not semi-automatic you have to cock that hammer every time and you shoot five targets with one gun, five targets with the other gun all the time. The timer's running. It's like barrel racing with guns. You're moving, going through these patterns. There are probably over 70 patterns now, I think, wow. in the in the, uh, the course book. So yeah. it's similar still challenge in that there is a laid out courses that people can go practice and you'll see those. Yeah, they're, okay. yeah, exactly right. So you will, you'll, when you show up to the match and they post the stages ahead of time, mm -hmm. uh, you'll say, oh, that's number 25. Oh, that's 45. Oh, that's why that, oh, I'm really good at that one. Oh my God, I hate that one. Yeah. So it is kind of like steel challenge. If steel challenge is cool because there's only eight <laughs> versus 70 some odd. So yeah. I think that makes it, it fun. Yeah, it is. The difference. Um, that's really neat. And I want to talk about guns later too with that. Um, the, what, what fascinated me, fascinated me too, is that you are one of the, like the very few people that I noticed that you got a degree in public relations and journalism and radio TV and all that. And you actually used that degree. <laughs> like, did you yeah. always know that that's what you wanted to do? Well, I, I originally thought I was going to be maybe working in the horse industry as a PR guy or something, a marketing guy or something like that. Um, I was actually kind of shy in <laughs> no way. <laughs> Even in college, in front of cameras and stuff. I remember I was looking back at a project I did uh, in college, and I was like, oh, my God, that was terrible. I was so shy. And it, it was just embarrassing. I'm like, how did I even get a grade out of this? And now it's just second nature because I'm in front of the camera every day here making two-way content for this great company, Big Daddy Unlimited. And, um so, yeah, I, but I, no, I didn't know I was going to be doing this. Not as I am now. Yeah. I'm pretty happy. 
That's amazing. Um, the other thing with that too, is I don't think a lot of people are like you and I with a uh, camera and media and talking and, um, do, do you feel like your life is too public sometimes or do you like it like that? Uh, well, you, 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 it comes with the territory yeah. when you put yourself in the public eye. Um, it's just, people are going to know you now. You're not going to know when probably when I, I'm sick or have a belly ache or <laughs> something like ran out of gas on the side of the road or had a flat tire. I just, for, first of all, I don't have time to post stuff like that. Right. And secondly, I mostly use my social media just to promote the industry and to a stuff. Like if you go on my social media, which is Denny Chapman media on Instagram, for instance, you're going to see two, a two, a two, a two, a gun stuff, gun stuff, gun stuff. And every once in a while, a dog or something cute in there. <laughs> yep. I am a person too, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it comes with the territory for sure, and that's something I really learned about when I was on that reality show years ago on History Channel. After it came out, I, I uh, first off, that changed my life in a fantastic way, and but it also uh, you you had the, and the producers told us, um, hey, you know, when all this is said and done. Uh, and that's that. This was about eleven years ago, mm -hmm. uh, when the first season of Top Shot was on, and uh, the internet isn't what it is now. Social media isn't what it is now, but it was up and running, right? Yep. And they told us, "Hey, you guys uh, are going to be in a fishbowl now, and people are going to love you, and you're going to get some some trolls." Yeah. I don't know if they used that term back then. Oh, and they kind of they they knew what that was, and they kind of prepared us for that kind of stuff of being in the public eye. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was my next question. It's just like the negativity is, um, is there and just knowing to tune that out and that it's just the reflection of themselves. I mean, when you are on social media, you're going to get the hate and like, it, it's hard to manage. Sometimes it's hard to just read it and like, forget about it. Right. But that's part of it. Yeah. Luckily it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's usually an anti-gunner or something yeah. like that, that wants to hop on there and make a, uh, give some disinformation. Or, yeah. or have something not nice to say. And, uh, you know, even though they say any engagement's good engagement for the algorithms, right? Yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of tough to read somebody making a dumb comment every yeah. once in a while like that. Yeah. And then you can't respond. You must. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's, yeah, I've learned that. You want to say something so bad. You're like, nope, can't, can't, can't. Right, right, yeah. right, yeah. Um, okay, so you said you grew up hunting, and I was curious, like, is that rifle hunting, bow hunting? What game did you hunt? Uh, what's been your favorite animal you've harvested? All of that. I, you know, I grew up hunting small game mostly when I was a kid, rabbits and squirrels. And my grandfather yep. had rabbit dogs, beagles. And uh, that's what, that's really what we did. As I got older, I deer hunted and I love venison. I love Me too. butterfly backstrap on the grill, boy. Mm -hmm. I mean, good, good stuff. And um, I love to eat what I harvest. I don't get to hunt much anymore because when I'm not working here, I'm shooting matches on the weekend because that's my life. And that's what I enjoy doing. USPSA and steel challenge now is kind of what I'm into an occasional renegade two gun match you know, <laughs> air and a uh, pistol match, but I'm um, really enjoying my, my uh, shooting. And, uh, you know, I'd like to keep a little credibility because I'm talking about guns nearly <laughs> every day. And like, I like to show that I can still shoot a little bit, you right. know, it's kind of nice to show yeah. as well. And, um, I'm not a grandmaster shooter. I do have a master classification in steel challenge, uh, RFRO, uh, which is kind of cool, but I'm really kind of, you know, I'm average, uh, carry optic shooter and, 
and uh, shoot through a bunch of different divisions. And I just enjoy them all. I feel like we, we resonate on so many different things. Um, I want to shoot everything and I don't really want to be particularly good at anything. I would love to right? but I just <laughs> get bored and like, I want to shoot everything. So I, that's what makes me happy. And so that's what I need to do. No, I do the same thing. Like I've got, um, is it up here? No, it's not up here. I've got a limited, <laughs> we threw a bunch of guns up there just so people, you know, hey, I'm a gun guy. I got guns, see, look, see. Um, but no, like I pulled my limited gun out and I shot like the Area 6, I think, with mm -hmm. my limited gun, knowing that I was just gonna crash and burn. Yep. I had a really good time with that. And every once in a while I'll pull out a production gun and shoot it, but my eyes really like the red dots these days. <laughs> so yeah. optics for me. Um, and I love shooting my PCC. Is my here's my DaVinci. You shoot? Do you shoot a DaVinci, Kenzie? I do. <laughs> I thought you did. I knew you did. Actually, <laughs> a little commercial for DaVinci. Love my PCCs. PCCs are so fun. I mean, it's it's um, it's uh, it's fun not to have to reload or wear a belt if you don't have to. <laughs> boom. Um, I do have one. I have two mag pouches. Yeah. Now I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to wear one, maybe keep a shorty mag in my pocket, yeah. just, you know, because things not wiggling around on me as I'm running around. But no. man, I love P uh, PCC and uh, I use my Tachyon gun cam and I make a lot of POV videos mm -hmm. because it's, it's fun content for people to watch. Oh and, yeah. Uh, I share them with uh, the company here. We post a lot of my POV stuff on our social media channels too. And it's it's a lot so of neat. So are you one of those guys, because I definitely was, uh, that kind of made fun of PCC or like how did you even get into it? <laughs> I have to know. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, uh, so let's let's go back in time a little bit. Sure. <laughs> so um, I was a USPSA shooter before I was a mounted shooter in um, wow. 2000 and it was one of the single digits and I can't remember, like maybe 2003, <laughs> something like that. And um uh, I, man, I jumped headfirst into USPSA back then. It was before we had PCC. Uh, I think, yeah, no, I thought they yeah, PCC probably. So, uh, you know, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I knew I loved guns. I was a mounted police officer at the time. Mm -hmm. So I carried a gun for a living. I liked guns and I'm like, I was intrigued with 1911. So I bought a single stack. I started shooting some single stack mm -hmm. and then I'm like, oh, these guys got these double stack. Oh, what are those? So then I got a limited gun. I remember I bought a P60, pair of ordinance P16. This is way back when. Wow. And a bunch of mags and then I'm like, oh, what's that uh, STI thing over there? So then I graduate to an STI Edge in 40 from my limited Those gun. are great guns, yeah. Yeah, those are great. And then uh, I had a buddy, a uh, shooting buddy that was traveling with me, kind of mentoring me a little bit. And he was shooting an open gun. And I'm like, man, that thing looks cool. Can I shoot that? And then I was like, boom, I was hooked on open <laughs> guns. And so I was the proud owner of a 38 Super. It was like it was like a Caspian. I think it was a Caspian upper and a Strayer Voigt lower or something. I don't know. Cool. Had put together. And I was running three Dillons, cranking out ammo, you know, cranking out 38 Super. And uh, I had one at the, at the time, my big stick was 27 rounds. So oh. at the time I was like, that was like the big, like, oh man, I had a working 27 round magazine. How cool is that? So, um, and then I'm like, what's this three, what's this multi-gun stuff? It's three gun stuff. And this is, so I had an 1187 with a 15 round tube. It looked like a shower curtain. It was like it was longer than the screen can show. And I used the uh, tech loaders like, like Jerry, like uncle Jerry uses yeah. the old 
you know, tech loader. I think that's what they're called. I don't even know the sticks. That the stick, the tube sticks. Yeah, and uh, boy, he's good with those. I was, I could never, I was never as good with those as he is. And then I had a DPMS 16-inch bull barrel AR for my AR with a like 30 millimeter tube red dot, uh, state of the art Tasco at the time, whatever it was. And that's what I was running in three gun. Heavy. And it, it was heavy, but I had a blast. I had such a good time with that. And it wasn't long though. Uh, I really didn't, I was into it for a couple of years. And then I was like horses, horses, horses and guns, horses and guns. And uh, <laughs> as a horse person, the mounted shooting thing would just took over my life at that time and actually even during that time I was doing uh, mounted shooting I was I think my first mounted shooting match was um, sanctioned by the single action shooting society and that was probably back in 2000 and 2000 2001 what was your staff's name chinks c-h-i-n-k-s and chinks are short chaps <laughs> right? They're the ones that come just below the knee. And that was my name, Chinks. Okay. And as funny as it was, I was <laughs> Chinks. I love and it. yeah, it's funny. In, in the Single Action Shooting Society, we have nicknames. And I haven't shot a SAS match actually since 2011. So which it's was been like really, three years is, for me. So I think you and I yeah. should have a project together to go shoot one together. Yeah, we should we should do that. Because I have a couple of buckles. couple. Cool. <laughs> excellent excellent really awesome awesome uh so yeah anyway that's uh yeah good stuff oh, pcc we still haven't gotten to the pcc pcc's yeah. pcc's i so love pcc's oh my god um it's so fun so i was shooting um you know what this is really funny i was like pcc's what do i have i have a keltec sub 2000 and so you know what i did I dropped an in-carbo trigger spring in it and I shot it and it got me to, I don't know, did I make C-class with that? And then I'm like, you know what, I'm being held back by this. So, I, so then I'm like, you know, I had a Ruger PCC, right. nice gun, heavy, they're heavy, but they're, they're nice, heavy. right? And it runs. And so um, dropped a trigger in it and... Uh, uh, I think I changed. Yeah, I changed my butt stock. Actually, I did a reel. If you look at my, if you look at my Instagram, Denny Chapman Media, I recently did a reel, and it was on this wall. And I did a. I think I did a, a like a demonstration reel. Here's my here's my Ruger, and it has this, 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 and that, and the things that I did to it. And then I'm like, man, this Ruger's holding me back, man. I'm like, I, I just climb, want to get B class, a C class, want to get B class, and so I was shooting some my friends AR style. PCCs, and I met um, Darren um, Snyder. Snyder, Darren Snyder, at Volusia Gun and Hunt Club. I was squatting with him. I shoot carry optics or something that day. Um, uh, regular Saturday match. We shoot every Saturday. I love it. And uh, uh, we were talking about PCCs, and he's like, "Hey, you want to shoot mine?" And I'm like, "Heck yeah!" <laughs> and I shot his. And I'm like, "Dang, this thing is the bomb. Where does this? What is this? Where does it come from?" Lo and behold. Da Vinci Machining is down here in Florida, down in uh, uh, Clearwater area, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, hook me up. <laughs> Where, who do I call? And so next thing you know, I'm texting back and forth with David from Da Vinci and blah blah blah. And, and uh, we had a group. It's funny we had a group text going. It was me and David and Darren. Darren's finally like, I'm going to get out of this group text now. I think you guys got it covered. <laughs> and so I finally hooked up with David. 
uh, I probably pronounced David's last name, Padavan. Padavan. So finally, I got on the phone with David. I said, "On the way." You know, he was he was building it for me. Yeah. Which is which is really cool. We're doing a Da Vinci commercial now, right? So for so the Da Vinci's are um, basically made. They're in David's shop, and he's an engineer. He's he's uh, he right. makes really cool, really great firearms, yeah. uh, and it's a custom made. PCC and mine's been running flawlessly. I think I've shot, I've got six matches under my belt with it oh, so yeah. far. And it got me to B class and hey. it got me, and it got me to uh, A class in Steel Challenge. So that's amazing. I, I, master. I don't think I'm master yet. A class. It's amazing. In Steel Challenge. Yeah. The yeah. gear does hold you back, I think, to a point, especially with PCCs that don't run, <laughs> that are yeah. so painful to run or, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, you know, if you buy an off the shelf PCC, you're going to have to tune it. You're going to have to figure out bits and pieces to make it work. And, 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 you know, sometimes you can make them work. Yeah, I ain't got time but for it's that. so nice to be able to just buy something that works. Oh my God. And just not have to worry about it. Um, uh, when I ran Darren's at the match, he's like, what ammo do you usually run? At the time I was running 150 Syntax, right? Yeah. Like, well, you know, sometimes they can be, you know, it, any PCC can be somewhat finicky depending on what kind of buffer and with this and that and things. And it ran my ammo and then we ran some 115 factory loads too and it ran in. I'm like, I'm sold. Yep. Cool. Because basically at one end you get a high power factor, low power factor and it's cycling everything. I'm good to go. Yep. David did actually send a, um, he called a mouse fart buffer. He said, here, we'll, we'll give you a mouse fart buffer just in case you want to load some, some really <laughs> little poof rounds. And uh, I haven't had to use it yet, but uh, I have it just in case. Oh, David, that's amazing. That's funny. <laughs> what, um, funny what buffer system did you go with? Uh, the uh, Stealth, um, uh, it's the JP style. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah. yep Silent yep. Capture JP. Yep, yep. Cool. And that's what I like about David. So for people that are listening, like you actually get to choose a trigger, choose a buffer. It's the system. Armor Spec. It's the Armor Spec Stealth. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah I was thinking of a different one. So yeah. you get to really pick out your race gun. It's still going to be race ready no matter what you go with. But it's nice that David's like, hey, run what works for you. And like mm -hmm. even us on the team, we shoot a little bit different variables on uh, the buffer system and triggers. And yeah, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you if you, uh, if, uh, if you had any experience with roller delay. Yes. So I run the, the shield buffer system that Korean. I knew it. I knew yeah. it. I was going to ask you about that because I'm intrigued by those. You need to try it. There's, so for people, so for people who are watching this that don't know what that means, this is a great opportunity to educate them about roller delay versus a standard buffer system. I think. Um, I don't know the, the best mechanical terms, but like the roller delay for Corey's, um, the actual buffer itself, you can take it out and there's the wings, of course, that, that fly out and they have the rolling system, but inside of it, there's spring pressure. So there's different holes. So you can put heavy springs, light springs, and really tune it to your ammo. So it's kind of totally up to you on, on that. And we've short stroked it too. So you don't have to, but in the back, we've got the bumper. So yep. for different people, like I shoot 124s, I think Corey shoots 115s. Um, we all kind of set our tuning, our, our roller delay system just a little bit differently. You yeah. probably know more about the mechanical side of a regular buffer system, but I just well, feel like there's less dot movement. 
Yeah, I think so. It actually locks up the action for those of you that are watching this. It actually locks the action up just a tad bit longer, and you may not be able to perceive it, but it actually keeps the action closed until the bullet essentially exits the barrel. And uh, you have a lot less perceived recoil, and that you're able to follow your dot maybe even a little bit better between shots. I probably am... You know, maybe I'll progress to that point soon. I'm still, uh, I think I might, you know, maybe a year down the road, be looking at something like that when I'm looking to maybe get over the next hump or maybe get from A to master or wherever my next journey is with that. I'm looking over at my uh, uh, rimfire gun, Sophia. This is Sophia. I named my guns, by the way. This is Sophia. Sophia is my um, rimfire rifle optics pistol for uh, rifle for um, steel challenge and uh so i was over there uh staring at sophia that's why i was looking over there do you run the same optics on all of your your rifles no i don't i have so many different i mean i've got just a huge collection of optics and just whatever at the time feels good like i have an rts2 on my da vinci and i think my offset is a uh, uh vortex viper it's oh, the venom? same as this yeah um no, I, have a, I think I have a Viper offset on that one. I have an RMR on, on, as an offset on my AR with a, um, a Vortex Strike Eagle. You know they're all different, right? So like choosing one might help you. It's yeah, I know. It's weird. Now, I am I've been experimenting with the Holosome 510C. Yes, on, that's my favorite. Um, uh, so I think I'm probably going to switch to that. It's got a bigger window oh. than um, – uh, I'm sure I'm running a Seymour. No, I'm not. I'm running RTS2. I'm running a Seymour on a different rifle. I have so many different, it's hard to keep track of all of them. Yeah. Maybe I should go consistent. That way I can at least remember what I'm using. <laughs> oh, man. That's amazing. So, like, I, and I wish that I was sponsored by Holliston, but like, I firmly believe in those. It's on my carry gun. It's on yeah. two carry guns. And then, yeah. Holliston the is, Holliston's great. It's great quality yeah. for the money. Yeah. They're, they're, they're very consistent. They're, they're, uh, they're all the same. Uh, <laughs> I recently did a uh, bench review for Holliston uh, for the company, which will be coming out on the Big Daddy Unlimited YouTube channel real soon. So, that's super cool. That. Yeah. jealous i know you've kind of digressed so um <laughs> going into i want to go back to like the top shot so you're shooting you're competing when did top did top shot reach out to you did you apply like i don't even know how that happens so uh, at the time i was shooting for taylor's and company um out of winchester virginia and they are awesome people uh, tammy loy and uh, sue mcfarland um mother and daughter own the company a woman a female owned company by the way so they import uh cowboy guns from italy and people who don't know what that means is basically the, the the Italian gun makers are making single action Colt style um, revolvers as good as and sometimes better quality than the original Colts. And so when the spaghetti westerns were a big deal way back, I don't know, one late early 70s or whenever it was, there was a need for all these guns. So all these Italian gun makers, Uberti and Pieta and all these guys were making these guns for the movies. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, when the cowboy shooting trend came came around, people discovered Colts are expensive for one thing. Yeah, they are. And there's only so many of them out there. So they discovered these companies, Uberti and Pieta and these some of these other companies, uh, Peter Soli and out in Italy. And uh, 
suddenly those companies became very popular manufacturers of cowboy guns. So um, the the we're shooting, you know, I'm I'm digressing already probably. Love it though. <laughs> but uh, and you know the and cowboy guns, hey guys, single action guns, you have to cock them before you shoot them. It's not like double action. Uh, by the way, double action and single action refer to the action of the trigger. I'm in teaching mode now, Kenzie. So they, you probably know that. Did you know, did you know this? Oh, yeah. So when, I, that's how I teach. I course. bring revolvers to my classes. Absolutely. So, so you show learn. people the difference. Yes. So, yeah, that was the cool thing about, about um, Top Shot was Taylors and Company, somebody there saw the ad for Top Shot and said, hey, Denny, uh, why don't you apply for Top Shot to be on this reality show? It would be a great <laughs> opportunity. Uh, life, you know, possibly life-changing opportunity. And so at the time, I was very active in the Mounted Shooting Association, Single Action Shooting Society, mainly in the horse uh, mounted shooting end of things. And um, uh, I had a background in USPSA from years ago, right? But I really wasn't shooting a lot of modern firearms. So what I had under my belt was stunt work. Uh, trick riding, Roman riding, uh, unique things that I'd done with horses and guns. And so I sent them a audition tape of me doing some stunts with horses and guns. And one of them was Roman riding, which is standing. It's Roman riding is when you have two horses and you stand with one foot on each horse and you, and you, you ride them standing up. It's like driving a chariot, but you're on the horses instead of back in the chariot. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I sent him a tape, and part of that was me shooting off my Roman riding team. And I was shooting the, the cowboy blanks, but I was shooting the balloons and and doing – and I guess they thought that was pretty cool. So uh, yeah. um, I got a call to come and do an in-person interview with like 500 other people. And then they narrowed it down and narrowed it down and narrowed it down and flew us out like – I don't know, a couple, two or three times. And the final time we actually had to shoot. They, dude, this was so like, they put us through all these tests. We had to do psychological tests. We had to take the test that the submariners take before they can be assigned right. to submarines. Like, I guess they didn't want, somebody's gonna go crazy with guns on, on this television show. And we had to take, as a IQ test, and we had to go through all these tests, what? full physical, like, you know, uh, uh, it was just nuts. They put us through all these tests and then we had to shoot. And then we're like, well, I guess we better see if these people can actually shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so That's true. they took us out to this range in Burbank uh, and we had to shoot all these guns. And, uh, oh, this is really interesting uh, memory that I have. There was this girl shooting with me on my squad so to speak right and uh we were uh, we were coming rotating to the mosin nagat which is 760 yes. by 54 it's a huge round That's with a point. lot of kick and, and we had this old world war ii era mosin nagat rifle and they wanted us to shoot it from the prone position and uh original iron sights and all that and this poor girl had it on her collarbone the first shot i think she broke her collarbone from the recoil oh. and, it was just nuts, just crazy. But we shot ARs, we shot um, some pistols, uh, we shot some military rifles, uh, and all firearms. And not all the Top Shot challenges were, were with firearms. It was all marksmanship oriented, but they weren't all firearms, which was interesting. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so 
thanks to Taylor's and company, I auditioned. I found out about it, auditioned, got on the show, and there I was on this reality TV show, <laughs> which is really cool. So did your, you said life-changing, so did you, after that first episode or that series came out, like, is that when life kind of, like, took off and opportunities came your way and, like, you became famous in a way? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, when the when we, when the first when the show started, I had viewing parties at a local um, uh, I call it a pub, uh, mm -hmm. Horse and Hounds in Ocala. I'll shout out to Horse and Horse and Hounds, really good restaurant, kind of a horsey people place. Yeah, and uh, we would go and uh, watch the episodes, and we started getting all these local folks would come in, and of course I was you know uh, some of the local media. Uh, wanted to cover it and uh, got the newspapers and all that kind of cool stuff and local news and all that. But the the big change came once the show was complete and uh, uh, people had, you know, every once in a while they'll throw up a tagline, mounted shooter or cowboy or this or that. And people who were interested in the, in the mounted shooting sport were contacting me. And uh, not only people who are interested in the sport, but also um, businesses. And it wasn't long after that, I had my own signature saddles and I wow. redesigned one of the guns for Taylors and companies called the run and iron specifically for mounted shooting. And then we took one of the rifles and tweaked it out and designed that for mounted shooting. And um, just those opportunities came along too. And uh, yeah, it was life-changing. I mean, it put more money in my pocket. It got me more work, kept, kept, uh, had a, worried a little less about keeping busy and paying bills and yeah. it's pretty cool. That's, that's the point that I'm working towards. I think a lot of people don't get there, right? You just keep going, keep going, keep going. And at some oh, point, yeah. like you said, hard work, it'll just boom, happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I started a podcast mm -hmm. in 2000 and I don't remember what year it was right after Pop, top shot came out and i started a podcast on blog talk radio before we had all this fancy stuff that we were using now <laughs> and i had the first mounted shooting podcast in the in the country okay. at that time i did that for a couple of years and i didn't quite have it figured out how to make it pay for itself but that was kind of fun <laughs> don't worry i don't either this is for fun <laughs> i like telling people stories um, yeah oh dude that's why i listen to podcasts because i want to hear the stories i want to hear the 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 behind the scenes stuff, the unique stuff and, and, uh, and those, those interesting stories and the embarrassing things and, <laughs> and the funny things. And, um, you know, uh, you see all these celebrities or notable people, whether they're in our industry or another industry, and you wonder what are they really like? Mm -hmm. You know, when I was on top shot, they portrayed me as the really straight, narrow, you know, that I, you never saw me smiling. I never got in any conflicts, mm -hmm. which I'm not that kind of guy anyway. But I laughed till I cried every day on that show behind the scenes. Oh. And I'm like, why did they make me out to be so serious? And reality the thing about, TV. Yes. The thing about reality TV is you are who you are, but they pick moments to create who you are. Yeah. Right? So um, uh, that's something I learned about about that now when on the show and i i was bound in term i was like i'm not gonna cuss i'm not gonna embarrass my family um and i'm thinking about the really like you know maybe little kids are watching and they like cowboys and i'm the cowboy and i want to be a try to be a good example yep and not do something that that would embarrass their parents or or have them not look up to me or somebody like me yeah yeah that's huge that's a huge deal i'm glad they made you out to be a good person <laughs> 
Me too. <laughs> they have this out. was okay. So I'll tell you a little something. And and those of you guys that are watching this, this is really interesting because when you watch these reality shows, you see these Netflix style interviews where they pull the person out and they're looking, they're looking over here, talking with the cameras here and what's happening here is there's a producer asking you questions you don't always hear the questions but you're you're answering the questions but you're answering them in a statement form like the producer might say that kenzie she's a real firecracker isn't she and and put it in your own words and they want me to say ah kenzie she's a real firecracker you know but so we had this um had this we had a knucklehead on the show uh oh and he had some good moments and, and he had some not so good moments and he had a not so good moment. Right. And he was really kind of mean to one of the other guys. And they saw that I got noticeably disturbed by that. Hmm. And they pulled me out. They called them off the cuff interviews. They literally pulled me off the set, took me off to the, to the little booth and said, okay, Danny, we're going to do an off the cuff interview with you right now. And I'm going to leave the guy's name out, but they said, you were really disturbed by such what such and such did. And I said, yep, I was. And they said, well, tell us what you really feel about such and such and put it in your own words and do it right now. Oh, and I said, and I said, such and such is a real knucklehead. That's it. And that's it. That's all I said. That's all <laughs> I would say. And they're like, come on, Chapman, give us some, give us some good, you know, you're a bleepity blank, don't you? you so like, yeah, yeah, I know that. Well, say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I just couldn't, I just couldn't bring myself to say it. And, you know, maybe that's a little hokey, but, uh, Something about reality TV, yeah. they will, they'll capture sound bites and they can kind of portray you. Maybe you're not really like that. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. But so when you're watching reality TV, guys, it's not all reality. In that good to know. That's good information. <laughs> yeah. Now, were you the, the person that did the Walking Dead stunt like from the very first episode of him? No, no, nope. okay. that was Tommy Turvey. Okay. Really, uh, really great stunt man, Tommy Turvey. Matter of fact, uh, my work on The Walking Dead was only because on that episode, Tommy was out doing stunt work for Johnny Depp when he was on that movie, um, Lone Ranger movie. So Tommy cool. was the stunt coordinator, the equine stunt coordinator, something for that movie. And he was gone. He was the regular horse stunt guy for The Walking Dead. And we ran in some of some similar circles. So uh, I was contacted by the some folks that are affiliated with The Walking Dead and say, hey, can you fill in for some uh, stunt work? And here's what we have in mind. And that's how I got that job. That's so cool. Thanks, Tommy, for being out of town. No. It was so cool. And I don't make, I, I made a pretty good paycheck out of that at the moment. And then I would get like these residual checks uh, and they <laughs> would sometimes not be so much, you know, sometimes it was pretty yeah. neat. Now, recently I got a nice one though. It's called a clip fee. So when you do Screen Actors Guild work, you get clip fees. So if they reuse your clip at a, in a later program or episode, they have to pay you for it. I didn't know that. So I get this check in the mail. It was like a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, there's got to be a mistake, man. <laughs> but it wasn't, so that was really cool. Oh, my goodness. So you need to know a person to get on the inside, essentially. Yeah, it is who you know sometimes in life. You know, network, network, network. Regardless yeah, of what it. industry you're in, you, it really and, – and just be a good person and network. Yeah. And be nice to people. A lot of people will open the door for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or ask. Like, yeah, like Hunter's Gold. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, you like that segue, Kenzie? <laughs> that was great. Like so, I'm gonna put my I'm gonna put my hunter's gold on. How did you uh, meet? When did you meet Brian? 
Um, I met him, uh, gosh, it was about a year and a half ago. He was at the Volusia Gun and Hunt Club, which is my, call it my home club for USPSA and Steel Challenge. And he was there for maybe as an area match or something, I forget. And I had seen his his products and I, my friends were wearing them. And I'm like, I, I was just right. I was ready to go hit the buttons and get on in and buy some stuff. And I, I just, I just, uh, one of my buddies said, you need to just go talk to Brian. He's such a cool guy. And he, he's going to tell you how this, cause I wanted to know how they worked and what they were. And he did. And he was absolutely as cool as they said he was going to be and talk. And he was such a cool down to earth uh, guy, friendly guy. And he's such a great product. And I just said, I, I just said, I'm, I'll buy a pair, hook, hook me up. Let's, let's do it. So I, I'm a huge promoter of Hunter's Gold. I love Hunter's Gold. This is my first pair of rubies that I just got. I, I wore them on the first match uh, at an action steel match on Sunday. And uh, um, what I've noticed is the rubies really make, especially my fiber optic, make my red fiber optic really pop. And uh, I actually have a pair of prescription um yellow lenses also so i have three pair of hunters gold now there you go now yeah. you haven't had the opportunity to but the rubies um shoot shotguns clays into the sun with those when on a really bright day like you can don't stir at the sun is my disclaimer but stare at the yes. sun <laughs> yeah you know yeah and so of of the yeah, i meet a lot of 2a influencers and a lot of the shotgunners like red lenses anyway for that for that reason yep. and um uh, I'm a terrible shotgunner, Kenzie. Are you really? I, That's I, my favorite gun in the world. I'm okay. I'm okay. Like we were creating some content recently and we, I don't remember, we were doing some trick shooting or something. I did some cool trick shooting, you know, like shooting that gun upside down and over the shoulder and oh, yeah. neat stuff. And then and they were like, Hey, let's do some shotgun stuff. I'm like, um, <laughs> I gotta go to the bathroom now. So, but, uh, I, you know, I'm okay. I mean, I can throw them up and hit them, but to do the, you know, behind the back and all the, you know, no, can't do that yeah. stuff at all. Terrible. This is awesome. I do like sporting clays, although I'm very average at sporting clays. <laughs> just, yeah. There's something that you don't excel at. And I didn't think that would be it. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. I'm just telling you the truth, y'all. That's the way it is. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Oh, that's amazing. I need, actually, I want to go take lessons. I need shotgun oh. lessons. Yep. Um, now, if the target's standing still, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I was going to say, but, you've got Foster and Matt. I don't know if you met them. Barth Bartholo. I butcher their last name. They shoot with uh, like Winchester Browning and all of them. They're yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. They're yeah, brothers and they're sure. both world champions. Yeah. The ghoul, you watch the ghoul brothers and they're shooting yeah. and all that cool stuff. Yeah. I was watching their stuff the other day. I want to know how many takes it takes those guys to do stuff, though. Good question, because movie magic, you can make, we can't do a lot with, we can't really edit the boo-boos out of this, right? Because we're taping to, as live to the whole thing. But one thing I've learned creating 2A content, especially, I'm very, very lucky in the industry because we have an entire production department with this company, Big Daddy Unlimited. And we have some very uh, talented um, videographers and editors we have our own sound guy. I mean, James, uh, give James uh, Cloutier a shout out. 
just the sound engineer. Actually, does some editing as well. But we have this, and I'm in, I'm in our studio right now, a portion of our studio. This is a huge room, actually, and this is one little small set that I'm on in here. And we have the ability to not only hear but remotely um, make things look really cool. And sometimes it takes more than one take to do it. <laughs> just going to be honest, guys. Yeah, yeah, but you're right. Like you still perform the stunt or the trick or what have you because there's no way to really edit and yeah i mean there have been some very challenging things that i've been tasked with and sometimes even some things that take a lot of preparation like you know uh, was it uh, about a year and a half ago they wanted to we were uh promoting jerry mitchellick's magnetic buffer remember that magnetic yep. ar buffer and they're like hey den can you um can we do some horsey stuff with this and I'm like how are we going to, what, what do you have in mind? You know, it's an AR, I've never shot, I shoot ARs all the time. I love ARs. I shoot a little two gun, little, yep. little tactical matches on occasion with, with ARs, but never shot off a running horse. Um, so I said, Hey, what's my deadline? You know, and so, well, we need to shoot this next week if you can make it happen. So, um, so there's this really cool video of me out there shooting an AR 15 double tap on a target off a running horse uh, that uh, we, I was pretty decent at that, probably because I have a lot of experience shooting off of moving platforms, yeah, mainly being horses. And um, it was it was a long day, but it was a really cool project. And so for your view, so I've got a real, I, I don't know how many views we have. So it's on the Big Daddy Unlimited YouTube channel, um, Jerry Mitchellick Buffer. Just search Jerry Mitchellick, Denny Chapman Buffer, wherever you'll find it. But um, it's got a lot of views on it. But the, the cool the cool stuff's at the end. You got Or you can go to my social media, and I've got a reel up on my Instagram, Denny Chapman Media. That, um, I sent it to you, Kenzie, and they were like, you were so kind. You thought it was really cool. Thank oh, you. Oh, cool. And, That's uh, something so I want to do. It's on a bucket list. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's... It, Really, I'm a lucky guy because I've had all this experience through the years with horses and guns and to pull it together and be able to do something like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. And now you're filming shooting off horses and <laughs> shooting up. that's your real life. Like it was it's really something. Yeah. Cool. Really, really cool stuff. Yeah. You know, I don't do a lot of horse stuff anymore. Uh just because we, you know, as a company here, because we sell so many different products, they might say, Hey, we need you to um, you need you to go out and shoot this such and such gun and do, you know, just do a short review and shoot and do some fun stuff with it. And, uh, like I'm almost I'm, weekly, I get tasks to do different two a content stuff, mm -hmm. which is some of it's just really, actually all of it's cool because I love yeah. shooting. Uh, I don't care what it is and yeah. it may not be my personal favorite gun, but I find something to like about every gun that I shoot mm -hmm. and just our, I'm segueing into our two a rights now because I feel so strongly about our Second Amendment uh, rights that um, I, I also feel a little bit of responsibility right? when people yeah. are watching me that I need to talk about that a little bit sometimes yeah. because we've all heard it. But without our Second Amendment rights, we wouldn't have our First Amendment or a lot of our other rights. And I think that's very important for people to remember and not forget about them. Yeah. No, I actually had questions for you about that. So I'll just like jump around there. Um, <laughs> the the biggest thing that I see and, and I hear all the time is, is people speaking up and talking about it with me of like, oh, I want my guns. Oh, I, I like firearms, but they don't know where to go. So like, how can someone voice their opinion, you know, to their state, their local government, um, write letters? Like, how can someone find this information to share their voice with the people that are, you know, voting for them? 
Yeah. You know, obviously, one of the first steps is to be able to be a part of an organization that has lobbyists and people who will communicate. And uh, there are so many different great gun organizations out there and some very specific organizations like Diana Muller's DC Project, for instance. And um, have you had her on your podcast yet? No, not yet. You definitely should get, and I'm sure she'll be glad to do it with you and talk about it because they're a huge lobbying organization. Uh, uh, you know, they, they, it's, it's women, yep. but their, their rights belong to everybody. And uh, they have a group of women that are very strong 2A advocates, but gun owners of America, and of course, there's RA and so many different USCC yep. and so many different associations that not only are helping to lobby and protect our rights, but also giving us other resources and um, uh, other things that are of benefit to us, whether it's Kind of insurance and yeah. um, other things as well. Um, the uh, we actually have the gun owners, um, pardon me, the American Gun Coalition that we're founding here uh, in Gainesville, Florida. Uh, so folks can look that up, American Gun Coalition and AGC. And this is a grassroots organization that we're uh, uh, funding here through Big Daddy Unlimited, just because, you know, the, I don't know if you know the story behind Tony and Sherry McKnight here who founded this company, but they stumbled into the firearms industry because they were worried about their Second Amendment rights. Yeah. And they weren't gun people and they were business people, but they weren't gun people. And uh, one of the cool things about them is they're extremely patriotic, very strong believers in our constitutional rights, and they wanted to try to do something else to help. So we're just getting this American Gun Coalition started and uh, as a grassroots organization uh, to help. And you know, another cool thing about this company is we have a lot of influencers that are out there promoting our Second Amendment rights, and we are trying to support those influencers uh, and provide them with a voice to do that as well. So, and I want to get to them after we finish some of that stuff, but like, even I'll mention like Martin and Diego Reyna, you know, Martin's going to be 10 years old this year. And that's a yeah. dad's son that's out there. And they're, they are speaking about, they're not even from America. Well, at least, you know, Diego right. right. And he's yeah. They immigrated from Guatemala. And one of the cool things about that family is uh, Diego was an Olympic shooter in Guatemala, the dad, Martin's dad. And uh, when they came to the United States, he saw a huge difference in uh, the rights that we have here compared to in his home country. And um, the, uh, I know you guys, I know you had him on your, your podcast. I'm probably yeah. repeating some things that you guys oh, spoke great. about, but you know, they're not only very close, good friends of mine. I call them teammates because um, I shoot sure. with them all the time and we're flying the BDU colors and we support Martin as much as possible through the company here in his shooting endeavors, he's going to be a world champion. He is. I'm, I'm calling I'm, it right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yep. So yeah, people don't realize, man, we got it good here. You we got it good here. And um, even if, even if you're watching this and you're, you're not an active competitor or even a weekend shooter, our rights are extremely important and just something I don't want people to forget about. No. And, um, the last thing I'll, I'll ask about that too, is there are businesses that support the second amendment behind closed doors too, and, and are very vocal about supporting them as well. But then there are a lot of companies that say they do and they don't. Right. So it's very, I don't know about you, but like, it's very important to vote with your dollars. I think. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And, uh, so I'm so proud of this company that I'm working for big daddy unlimited because they're very, very vocal about their support for the second amendment and for those 
uh, and people who are who are in the industry working hard for us and lobbying for us and we love folks like you know and help support organizations and folks like the dc project and we really want to promote anybody and everybody who's out there fighting for our second amendment rights love it yeah so that brings me to how did that relationship uh with big daddy come about for uh for me for, yeah. uh, for yeah. Oh, how did I find BDU or how did yeah. BDU find me? Yeah, wow. I don't know about that story. This is actually a neat story, right? So um, uh, a couple of years ago, I was really getting an itch to get back in media. And I had done some work for a, a television program called Gun TV. I was a host. It was like QVC for guns, like Home Shopping Network. <laughs> and I was a presenter. So cool. And uh, yeah, Can you do the auctioneer yeah. voice? Huh? Can you do the auctioneer voice? No, no. It was just me <laughs> like talking like I am. It was just, I, I can't do it. No, I can't do that. But no, I was, it was like watching Home Shopping Network for guns. It was a really cool gig. I loved it. It just didn't survive because people are tangible. They want me as a consumer. I want to feel it and hold it and shoot it before. Oh, yeah. I buy it. Uh, at least that's my philosophy. So I worked for, for them for about a year, which is really cool because they flew us out to Palm Springs, California, had their own studio uh, there. And uh, we would go to the range, shoot guns for a couple of days. And we'd come back in the studio and do our stand-ups in the studio, talking about these and showing B-roll of us, you know, our experiences shooting guns. And we did special effects and slow motion and things blowing up. And so I, so I, I had that, you know, I had that taste in my mouth. I had been in the mounted shooting industry for so long, um, shooting these single action guns. My thumbs were slowing down and getting a little, you know, I, I didn't want to crash and burn before it was my, in public before it was my time. So I kind of, I, I had some really good, I had a, some really good years, like 2015, 2016, I was just on top of the world and winning titles and selling horses and just doing TV commercials and cool stuff. And a couple of years later, I was like, man, I'm, I don't know if I can keep this up. So I'm like, you know what? Let me go back to some of the skills and education I have and see if I can plug that in and, and earn a living for uh, maybe even for the rest of my life, not having to work so hard. Right. Horses yeah. are hard work. They are. As well. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, I found Big Daddy Unlimited accidentally. I didn't even know they were headquartered. I was watching Grand Thumb okay. on YouTube. And it was Big Daddy Unlimited, Big Daddy Unlimited. I'm like, what is Big Daddy Unlimited? So I became a member of Big Daddy Unlimited before sure. I was employee. So I was buying stuff. So Big Daddy Unlimited, like Amazon Prime of the gun world, right? Wholesale prices for, for stuff. And for people who, like us, who shoot a lot, we spend a you know, significant amount of money. Stuff like that pays off, right? Yeah, it does. So because, uh, you know, I don't even want to think about how much money I've spent on guns and ammo and stuff through the years. I did that. I did that last two years. I'm like, yeah. A friend of mine here at work asked me, one of the guys in the media department asked me, he's kind of new to guns. He's how many guns do you have? <laughs> I literally couldn't tell him. It was I don't terrible. Know. Yeah. I don't know either. I literally I couldn't just, tell him. They go on the safe, pull them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I found them and you know, I just, uh, I'm, made a phone call and I guess they Googled me or whatever. And like, yeah, we'd like to talk to you. And next thing you know, I was working for them. Wow. Denny, you don't do it. Or you did something that most people aren't willing to do is pick up the phone and call and have a conversation with someone or put their cells out there and ask. Yeah. Right? I'm not, I'm not shy when it comes to that kind of stuff. And maybe that came with age and 
the experience that I have now. But you you get take some chances in life, and if you don't make that phone call or send that email, you might regret it. You know, and um, you got to chase your dreams, and that might mean being a little scared and making a phone call or or talking to somebody that you may be a little nervous about talking to. Because the cool thing is that people forget that human nature uh, can be your friend. Mm-hmm. And if you just, uh, Tony and Sherry uh, had told me, said, look, if we didn't think you were the kind of guy we'd like to take to dinner, we probably wouldn't hire you. <laughs> and so, you know, just, I, I was just myself and not that I'm better than anybody else, but I was myself and I had that experience in the firearms industry and I had that experience in media and I'm a little different, not your, don't look like your average gun guy. And so all those things were a benefit to me. And Yep. And uh, but yeah, take those chances, make those phone calls, send those emails, make that portfolio, whatever it is, whether you want to be an influencer or you want to be in sales or in design or engineering or works, you know, marketing or in the, somewhere else in the firms industry. Uh, it's a great, great industry to, to work in and got to take those chances. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting you say all of that. The the influencer world. Okay. I want to go into like that. The influencers, the brand ambassadors, all of that. Okay. So how would someone now listening to this, right? And they're like, okay, I really want to take this seriously. How would they even start about building a brand, building their name? And how important is it for them to show up to NRA, to show up to competitions, to show up to SHOT Show? Like there is a lot of work that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, twofold or maybe even threefold. So it's not all, it's not, it's not all about your personality and your experience. You may be the, the most awesome person, the best, best shot in the world, but you gotta, you gotta get out there network and you gotta know your social media and you have to be a content creator. There's four, there's like four things I've said right there. Content creation is so important. You gotta know your platforms. You gotta know your, gotta know your uh, Instagram and how to use it and your Facebook and your Twitter and the other platforms. The, those are the, the three main platforms, obviously, and especially your Instagram is so, so important. And I'm still learning. And I, the good thing, it's, it's cool for me. It's, I don't, I'm not underneath so much pressure because I'm a salaried employee. Um, I don't have to necessarily generate those followers for myself. I just need to create this content for my company that I'm assigned for and do a good job and, and make good presentations. But it is about numbers. Yeah. It is about numbers because when you approach, if you're a shooter and you need a sponsor, you need some ammo or you need some components uh, or you need a gun to shoot or you need some accessories and you approach these companies, regardless who they are, maybe they're folks like, great folks like Hunter School, they need to know uh, who you are and what kind of followers you have because instead of us taking out advertisements in magazines and radio, we have followers. We have people who look at our content and see what we do. So that's really important. And I, and I'm, it's kind of sad that it's that important in it, but it is, it isn't something to keep in mind. So how do you generate those followers? You have to create that content. You have to figure out what kind of content people want to see. And I've learned so much here from our media department and from our, from our guys here and Bobby gets and who you saw before we kicked off the interview that we were chatting with. <laughs> There's helped me set up the studio here, and he uh, is really in tune with social media and the trends now and what people are looking for. And then we have our own demographics that you may not have, or another person in the industry may not have. And so we're targeting our demographics. Mm-hmm. So there's so much to think about uh, in order to be successful. And then presenting yourself as an influencer to to a company. Now the cool thing about Big Daddy Limited is we have this affiliate program. 
So uh, we, uh, you know, people post their link trees and discounts to products and things like that. And we want to be able to give back to our influencers, to our affiliates. Uh, and so we have programs that, that can do that. So anybody who is in the firearms industry, if you generated some followers and have, you know, um, think you can contribute, we want to help too. So contact us and um, you can contact James Schweitzer here at Big Daddy Unlimited. And uh, go to BigDaddyUnlimited.com. You'll see the phone numbers there, the emails. James Schweitzer is the contact for that. And we can see about maybe trying to hook um, hook up some more of uh, affiliate links to some more potential influencers. That can help spread the 2A word and that maybe we can help as well. That's amazing. So my other question is fun. <laughs> what does a day in the life of Danny look like? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what does a Monday versus a Friday look like? <laughs> well... I commute to work, right? So I drive, I drive uh, almost an hour and a half each way to work. So, but I'm driving, I'm making phone calls, I'm voice texting myself notes and things to do or listen to a podcast or you know try to be i try to be productive. So, um, I, I have, I've li- I have some property, uh, uh, about an hour and 20 minutes south of here. And so I'm kind of living out in the country, which I enjoy. So I'm, I have a berm. I can go out and shoot in the back pasture and have, have fun with that. I love shooting suppressed. My favorite, my totally favorite rifle in the world, not competition, is a cheap break open CVA uh, single shot 300 blackout that's suppressed. I got a one to six LPVO on it. And, you know, sometimes I'll just, I'll pull up at home, I'll pull that sucker out and I'll just lay it on the fence post and I've got a plate rack out about 150 yards away and I'll see if I can hit it with my little, you know, cranker up to six power, see if my eyes aren't too tired, hit, try to hit that target. So, so anyway, I'm digressing. So I've got, to, I've got to drive. So I usually, I have assignments and I know what's expected. I'm going to do a lot of script writing also. Um, okay. I also help QC uh, quality control on ads and things that we put out to make sure that um you know somebody's finger isn't on the trigger in a photograph or yes. if someone's if we're using footage or if it's not our stock footage of somebody shooting they have on your pro on or they're shooting correctly using the right form um right message the right words the right descriptions you know so they rely on me because i have that lot of experience in the firearms industry in a lot of different areas to be able to look at things and find problems and fix them and make sure they're presented properly. So I do a lot of script writing, a lot of QC. I'm on camera almost every day here. Um, sometimes it's here in the studio. Sometimes it's out at the range. Sometimes uh, Jason McCoyne, my buddy who is, uh, you see him on our Instagram a lot, big muscle guy with the beard, good looking guy, shooting guns. Sometimes I'm helping him make content. Um, great guy, by the way, Jason McCoy, big fan of Jason McCoy. Um, and so, yeah, every day I'm making content or preparing to make content for, for Big Daddy Unlimited it, in the long run to benefit the 2A industry. Yeah. I feel like a lot of companies, um, don't do the quality control check on pictures and, and yeah, right. I see, yeah. Every once in a while you see some cringeworthy stuff. It's like, Ooh, that's kind of not right. Or, you know, the thing is we don't want to present the wrong thing to folks who are on the fence about getting on the two way bus, you know, and we want to make sure it's safe and we want to make sure it's proper and we want to show that good form. And, you know, everybody makes mistakes. We've made mistakes, you know, but we try try to fix them and, and 
show them in a better light the next time or use better terminology or be more educational. We're really trying to be more educational now. So um, jump on our YouTube channel. You'll see more educational stuff. You know, we're um, I just did an ammo one on one, for instance. I know you know what components are and what a bullet is versus a cartridge and where the primer goes and what it does. And, you know, but a lot of people don't know. So we're just we're trying to educate people and people who are not necessarily already Big Daddy Unlimited members or two way followers, you know, jumps on our channel. We want to provide some education, Uh, gun safety. uh, man, I don't know how many times I have recited the four cardinal rules of gun safety and we're, we're constantly evolving here. So I had a show for a while called Denny's daily deals. It was kind of a QVC sales pitch. Here's what we got guys. It's on sale. It's a great gun. Show some B-roll shooting at the range. Here's how it works. Disassemble it, reassemble it. It's a great gun. You need it. And during that show, I would recite the four cardinal rules of gun safety. And that show evolved into the gun show. We can change the name, change the format a little bit. Again, we'd recite cite those four cardinal rules. So what I'm saying is it's important for us to recognize that we need to provide that valuable information, whether it's education, safety, um, to a advocacy, to anybody who's watching, whether they're a gun person or not. And that's a huge responsibility that I feel, especially since I'm sometimes I'm most of the time I'm writing the script, but I'm the mouth that you hear it from. So it's really important for me to try to get it right. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And I think a lot of companies like they're learning to find the people in the industry that can do the right marketing, do the right copy. Um, I know it's been like my point of success with a lot of the brands that I work with. I do their marketing. I'm like, I, I know those people already. I know that already. I shoot that already. And they're like, Oh, it's nice to have someone that knows their stuff and we don't have I to. Know. <laughs> we should, I know. I want to ask you because it's, it's so neat. By the way, forgot for you guys watching, point at the camera for everybody watching us. I've been after Kenzie to interview her for, I don't know how long. I think we started talking at SHOT Show or something or before did. SHOT Show. So it's really, it's really fun to be interviewed by somebody instead of interviewing somebody. Different. But you have a firearms marketing company. Yes. Yes. Reticle Up is actually Reticle a new up. podcast, but also marketing. And I don't know if you know that I do all the marketing for DaVinci as well and Hunter's HD Gold. I knew, I knew you were with, I didn't know you do it. No wonder you're such a great promoter. I'm, I was probably thinking this girl should be their marketing director. <laughs> she is. Uh, no, it was kind of, actually it was, I'm joking, but it was kind of obvious because you're doing a great job. And, yeah. um, and so uh, really proud of you for, doing what you're doing and and it's a lot of hard work isn't it i know it, it is. is yeah we're yeah. working on um growing a friend's brand from the ground up black fire forge and like um tactical you know they had a bad experience before with with someone in marketing and they didn't do their job so it's it's hard when you get burned i totally get it yeah. but now they're like you think of things ahead of time you got us ready for nra before you even thought about like a giveaway or a flyer or, you know email I was like, yeah like i do this and i love it so yeah. these companies that are investing like in their own, like I love small businesses and medium businesses. Really, it's what I work with. Um, yeah. It's amazing to watch. We grow together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's cool. And you're doing a great job, obviously. So if you don't follow Kinsey, <laughs> you're watching this, you need to because she's doing good stuff. For the I am to say that. <laughs> <laughs> so I shoot, I shoot uh, on, the we- on weekends. I yep. shoot USPSA and Steel Challenge. And I'm always trying to make content or thinking about just the way my brain works when I'm shooting, I'm wearing my tachyon can gun cam, my mini gun cam, which I love, by the way, I don't know if you use them, uh-uh. but, uh, I met Raymond Ling, um, Sunday. He's the owner of tachyon gun cam. He was at the Felicia gun and hunt club. He's friends with Gorka Ibanez. Of course he is. 
who owns the, the club, right? Grandmaster Shear, if you don't know Gork, great guy. Uh, owns Volusia Gun and Hunt Club, great club. Uh, becoming a hub for action shooting sports in Central Florida here, for all of Florida, really. Uh, Steel Challenge, USPSA, IDPA, lots of stuff. They have long range. I'm doing a commercial for them. I have so much. They have so much cool stuff there. But I met Raymond. He was such a cool guy because I love the cams. And if you don't know what we're talking about, it's a tachyon uh, gun cam. It's the one they mount to your ball cap and it's the POV footage. And um, I, I use uh, a lot of that because I like to make content. We share it with Big Daddy Unlimited because especially when I'm shooting my PCC yeah. and I shoot a lot of, um, I do a lot of split screen stuff and we'll put music to it and have fun with it. And uh, so I met him over the weekend. So really interesting uh, product and they're coming out with a new product and I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet so I will let you know when I am allowed to talk about it because I'm going to do some uh, I think I'm going to do some spokesperson uh, help for them that's so cool yeah. so yeah I love that tachyon gun cam so neat um, the technology has changed you know they had that classic cam was kind of big have you ever yeah. shot with a GoPro or something oh yeah bulky it's too heavy around? it's a little on the heavy side yeah. Yes. So yeah. as it's really interesting to see technology come around and uh, uh, a lot of neat stuff happen in our industry, especially with, and have you, do you use the, um, I'm getting conversational. Do you use the, um, what's this, the Mantis system? Have you ever used that? Process? I have laser hit. I just looked at it. Laser hit. Yes. yes. But Mantis yeah. is another one. I think any dry yeah. fire where you can see it and, and yeah. track it on your phone is, is helpful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm an instant gratification guy. It's probably why I like steel challenge so much. Yeah. I want to see it immediately and know, know what's, what's happening. And yeah. so I've been fooling around with some of those things with my dry fire when I have time, which is not, which is never. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. So the shooting divisions, um, that was another question. So what shooting sports have you shot, which is all of them? Um, what divisions do you shoot? Like what, what guns do you use? What are, what's all okay, of that cool. look like? Yeah. yeah. Cool. So what have I shot? So um, USPSA was my first love. Then I got into the International Bench Rest Association when I was a young man. So I shot rimfire and centerfire bench rest. I was loading six PPC. And uh, when I was shooting rimfire, I was shooting an Anschutz, a really nice Anschutz 54, expensive bolt action rifle and we were just uh ocd crazy uh venturous shooters are all we're all ocd i've, I've still categorized myself in the in that and especially the rimfire guys because we're measuring the rims on every cartridge we shoot and then we're weighing them and then we're sorting them and we're buying Ely 10x we're spending thousands of dollars on this little rimfire ammunition just to test the lots to see which lots are best and then we're measuring the lots and we're weighing the lots and we're putting them aside and just going crazy. So USPSA bench rest. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I've shot muzzle loaders. I enjoyed muzzle loaders for a while as well. Got into archery. I love oh, all forms of marksmanship actually. Um, uh, then uh, I dabbled in IDPA as well, which I don't get to shoot too much anymore because it's hard when you only have so much time, I feel like I can really only focus on USPSA and Steel Challenge, and I'm lucky enough to have both at the same club. Yeah. And the cool thing about Volusia is they have their own Steel Challenge dedicated bays, mm -hmm. and you can actually go in there and practice them as a member. You can go and practice anytime. That's amazing. And uh, so I shoot USPSA usually on Saturdays and Steel Challenge. I shoot USPSA on Saturday mornings, Steel Challenge on Saturday afternoons. And if I have time and if I can get away, I go back on Sundays and shoot 
steel challenge again or just work on something I need to work on. And so uh, steel challenge is, um, I discovered steel challenge probably six or eight years ago, stumbled into it. It was really cool. And then I got busy, couldn't do it. Now I really love it. Uh, I shoot, I think I'm classified in eight divisions in steel nice. challenge. My highest division is I'm a master rimfire uh, rifle optics mm -hmm. and I'm a really like my lowest division is like I think I'm a C production shooter like, <laughs> I hate right? productions okay so <laughs> yes. so but I but you know I'm intrigued by revolver like I want to get I want to get classified in revolver me too it's something like I, Caleb Giddings was on my series of top shot I don't know if you know Caleb or talked to him or met him or know him but Caleb is a revolver guy so follow Caleb on uh, should follow Caleb on social media. It's really interesting. He's a really cool guy. Says it like it is. Doesn't hold anything back. But he knows a lot about revolvers. And so I'm thinking about picking his brain and seeing if he can hook me up with some equipment. Maybe shooting, getting my revolver uh, classification for Steel Challenge. I'm a B class. Uh, PCC shooter in USPSA and oh I think I'm an A in carry optics and um, A is the highest classification I have in USPSA right now so yeah well you've got a thousand million things going on too so kind of average shooter but I like it uh, we need people like you and me though average shooters I may never be a grandmaster yeah. in carry optics but doggone it I enjoy it so much Fun. and um, I've actually I'm thinking about getting doing some more iron sight shooting. I have a limited gun. I've shot some limited. I have a limited classification. But I, my roots go back to single stack way back when. Yeah. So I'm, I was talking to Gorka. I'm like, Gorka, you got to hook me up with a race-ready single stack. Let's, you know, let's shoot some single stack. The thing that's been holding me back is my eyesight. So yeah. through the years, my eyes have changed. And uh, I'm nearsighted. So I wear one contact in my right eye because I'm right eye dominant for oh. distance shooting or for my, for my carry optics for anything with a red dot, my left eye, I, I leave blank because I do so many reviews and so much bench top stuff with guns. If I wear corrective lenses in both of my eyes, things are blurry here. <laughs> I can, and I can see the teleprompter, which is right there. Like, Oh, I'm looking at the screen. That's actually a teleprompter. There's nothing on it right now. Yeah. Uh, the words are up here. <laughs> but uh so uh my eyesight's kind of weird yeah. so brian made me hunter's gold prescription lenses right yep both prescription which i love so if i don't feel like wearing my contacts or one contact i wear those for any uh distance or red dot shooting yep. but when i shoot iron sights <laughs> i literally put a contact lens in my left eye and i leave my right eye naked right because i want to focus if, if I wear a contact in my right eye and I bring an iron-sided fiber optic pistol in front of me, my left eye gravitates to it. It's weird. weird. And then it throws me all off. But if I have my corrective lens in my left eye because I'm right eye dominant, my, my right eye uh, can focus on my front sight like it's supposed to. Right. right? You're supposed to focus on the front sight. And my left eye, I'll, I'll just barely squint it a little bit. I try to keep it open. I'll barely squint it. I've got my peripheral vision so that I can call my hits. Yeah. It's weird. My eyes are really weird. So um, I finally figured that out. I swap them for my iron sights. And I found I can still shoot iron sights. Oh, my God. And all these years, I thought since I've started wearing corrective lenses, I can't shoot iron sights anymore. So I, I even have a pair of bifocals 
And I thought, well, I'll just shoot like this. Well, that's weird, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got a pair of those diopters that you can stick on your glasses. Yes. Stick on your, like, put up on the top of your uh, safety glasses. Yeah. Your iPro. And then I'm like, no, I have to get it just right. And I can't do that. So it's really weird. So, but there are, so if people who are watching or having problems with your eyes, there's a way through it. You might have to experiment a little bit because my optometrist is the one who told me just wear one contact and put it in your dominant eye for you. And he was a gun guy. Thank God. Thank God. So yeah. if you shoot, yeah, if you're shooting your red dots, put your um, long distance lens in your, in your dominant eye for that and you'll be good to go. And I fought it for years and I finally started doing, I'm like, man, I wish I'd done this a long time ago. So now I think I can finally get back to shooting my iron sights. We'll see what happens. I'd like to, shoot, I'd like to get my classification in rimfire uh, irons. And I did get a classification in pistol irons. It's not a good one. I'm just to see, but, but, uh, um, and matter of fact, here's my, here, I'm going to grab this. If I can do this without losing my, my earpiece here, my microphone. So this is my, uh, I shoot a, um, Performance Center Smith and Wesson uh, Victory in uh, Steel Challenge for my rimfire guns, and I have uh, two of them. And this is my uh, optics gun. I have a Romeo Three XL, which is a really neat sight. Man, I think I have like every sight. Every you window. do. It sounds like it. <laughs> the, 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 I love the big windows. Yeah. Right? So I'm gravitating toward the big windows. The Vortex is great. I love Vortex, but I'm a more of a Vortex magnification fan yeah. than I am a Vortex red dot fan. So I love my Vortex LPVOs. And I actually have a Vortex Crossfire on a really nice, uh, one of my really nice bolt guns nice. Uh, as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, these, I love uh, Steel Challenge and love shooting these rim fires. And rim fires are cheaper. They're available. Their ammunition's cheaper, that is. And uh, you just got to keep your guns clean. That's true. Keep, keep them clean, keep them running, because they can be, any of these nice guns could be finicky if they get dirty. So, uh, unless you I put think, a Volcourt's in or a CWA, then you're at $2,500. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, no, they're great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm intrigued by those CWAs because yes. uh, it's like shooting a 1911, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, like, my 2011 is the exact same gun as the CWA, just the 22, and it's, mm, yeah. it's delicious. Oh, I want to talk to you about Masterpiece Guns. Arms, yeah. Yeah, you uh, just be became affiliated with them. You're shooting for them. I think that is awesome. Anytime you can breach that barrier and actually shoot for a company and shoot, shoot their guns, that you've really made leaps and bounds. But I'm a big fan of Matt. I've been following Masterpiece for a while. Matter of fact, one of the guys, Wayne um, Ackett, I think is his name, uh, one of my local USPSA guys have been t talking up masterpiece. So I'm intrigued. So maybe my, maybe I need a masterpiece single stack. Do they make a race ready single stack? Not yet, but I feel like we can put that in the works. The builder right. is working on an open gun. We've got the 40 and the nine. So like he yep. has innovated in a really short time period. Cause I don't know if you know this and I won't mention names. There was a builder before that wasn't performing and the guns weren't working. So this guy is like new and he's, he knows his stuff. Um, cool. So like we've been testing too, like Travis and I, um, we, they just made a medium grip kind of cause I'm a princess, but I was like, a medium medium. Cause it was like the first grip. For How a do you spell that? <laughs> you put sh and then a medium. Okay. I gotcha. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, the too aggressive was so aggressive and then the basic was too basic. So like they made a middle one. <laughs> cool. Just for you. Yeah, that says company. a lot. It says a lot about the company though. Like, so this company, the builder is 
texting me and responsive and we're making sure the mags and the ammo, like I had different ammo to try and chrono. And it was amazing to me to work with a company that is working with shooters. I mean, you know, that's like, they directly want feedback and they directly want to test these guns. So hopefully we get a single stack and then I've never shot open, but that's my dream. So I'm like, never shot open. Oh, you would like open. I'm going to freak out when I shoot it. Cause I love PCC. I love racing. I love dots. So like, as soon as that gun's ready, I was telling them, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. Irons. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Cool. Iron. How, how good for you? And I hear nothing but good things about Masterpiece. They're good people. They're really good people. And I, I don't know if you know Jana Reeves that works there. She, uh, we probably have crossed paths. Yeah. Okay. Well, she was, a, she was a lady, I'll just say this, really cool, that I looked up to for a really long time when I was getting into shooting. So she's a little bit older than me. And I was watching her videos on how to load shotgun and stuff. So three years go by, she kind of, she had a kid, she got married and all that. And like turned out that she works at MPA and I didn't know that. So when I came on the team, she's reaching out to me and I'm like, like, do you remember that girl whose photo you shared? That was me. And she was like, (laughs) shut up. So it was all like serendipitous, but I was like, you inspired me. And now I'm trying to do the next, you know, wave. She made an impact. So yeah, that That is so cool how things come full circle like that. Yeah. In, in this industry. Uh, this is really a small world that we live in, in the 2A industry. And if we haven't, you know, met each other, we've crossed paths, we're going to cross paths in this industry. The movers and, and shakers and those of us who are really active in whatever form or function we're doing. And uh, it really is a small, uh, small community. And which is a good thing yes. because when you're networking and looking for the job, and looking for that next step in life, uh, that we can look back on those folks that had the met at Shot Show last year and was changed exchanged cards with, or we did an interview with, or we uh, uh, follow on social media, or you know make contact. So uh, thank goodness we have or live in such a small world here, a little two way industry. Yeah, something that you said earlier. I'll just say this, um, and I have a couple more questions. Is we I feel like sometimes get not watered down, but we get used to the fact that, oh, I know Jerry. Oh, I shoot with Lena. Oh, I know this person. And like these people from the outside looking in, that's a huge deal. But for us, we are normal people. We love talking about guns. We love our industry, but it is small. And um, that's pretty cool. Cool. It's very, it's very cool, and uh, the the folks in the industry, uh, the the Mitchell family and folks like that, uh, you will find that ninety nine point nine percent of all those folks are down to earth, and they will talk yeah. to anybody about anything and answer those questions that they've answered ten thousand times yeah. before. Because with a smile uh, on their face. Yeah, because for the love of the industry and the love of of what we're doing and promoting, and how lucky are we? Yeah, you know. Every day I pinch myself. Um, yeah. So that, that's where I wanted to leave off and a couple of questions on about that. So um, what's been the most rewarding part about what you do for a living now? The most rewarding part? You know, probably the simplicity of watching uh, folks who have discovered our industry and how much fun they can have with a firearm and that provide that feedback to us that said because you know because of you or watching you like this the top shot thing was a big deal for me and I got a lot of engagement from that you know and folks uh reaching out and want to just say hey or I saw you on the show cool stuff and I got a lot of a lot of feedback from folks who said this is what helped me uh have the courage 
to buy my first gun and join a gun club and take a class and learn to enjoy my Second Amendment rights and, and have fun with marksmanship and shooting and messages from guys who say, man, this uh, uh, because of this, I got my wife or my girlfriend to go shooting with me. Yeah. And it's really enhanced our relationship because I love guns and I'm not giving them up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's those people who really, I think, make it uh, sure a whole lot more enjoyable for me. It does. Even that one message will keep you going for, for some bit because it's hard work. Yeah, you know, for people sure. Are like, You're lucky, Denny, or whatever. It's like, no, you worked hard. There's sacrifice. It's not easy. It's fun. No, it's not for sure. And so I'm still pursuing education myself, you know, and taking, uh, you know, I, I think about a year and a half ago, I took the NRA Range Development Operations course because I wanted to know how high those berms should be and what they should <laughs> be made of and safety and stuff like that. I retained my firearms uh, instructor certification. I'm a chief range safety officer. I was an RSO, certified RSO. I said, no, I want to take it to the next step. I want to be able to write SOPs one day. Or I want to be able to train people to be uh, range officers. And so I'm, cost, I'm trying to better myself as well in yep. the industry with my education. Uh, and even if I can't teach a class face-to-face, -face, which I don't have much time to do anymore, maybe I can portray it to folks, uh, provide a little bit of bits and pieces of information they might not get otherwise through the camera, yeah. through social media, through our streaming television programs. Oh, I think your videos are amazing online. So thank I think you. you're doing that. Yeah. I mean, thank you. I am so, I cannot tell you, you said I feel the same way. I feel so lucky. I'm so blessed. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Uh, and, um, I would feel, um, like something was lacking in my life if I wasn't working in this industry in some way, yeah. but I, I'm so lucky. I do not take it for granted. Uh, I am so thankful to be, to, to do what I do and to be, you know, like an in-house influencer, so to speak, yeah. or just, uh, help educate. I love to educate. I love to, 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 um, give that information. And it's just me. It's just me talking. I'm not a character. I'm just me. And I've just learned a lot through the years and I want to keep learning so I can keep passing it on. I was going to say, if you don't pass it on, then nobody else will. So we, we need to do a better job of that for the next generation. Yeah, hundred percent. And I'm a, I'm a huge fan of uh, Kenzie Fitzpatrick and, and three gun Kenzie. And I, uh, I enjoy watching your adventure as well. And um, how tough is it for you to concentrate at competitions when you're running this business in the industry? I've struggled a little bit. Um, so there are days that I'll put my phone on airplane mode, but for me, and, and I'm trying to separate the two, you know, it is work for me. So I'm focused on getting the pictures and the shots of the team when I'm on the squad on the match, or for me, like yeah. at nationals, I'm writing an article. I went four hours before I spent 12 hours on day one with staff taking photos. So yeah, and again, I'm not a great shooter, but I don't feel like I have had time yet ish to focus on just me and my shooting. So like the education piece where I have the most fun, like I'm taking a Mason Lane class. I'm going to train a little bit more with Travis this year. Like I I'm all about that. That's when I love shooting and like get really happy. But yeah, I'm, I'm not doing a very good job of separating business and homework and shooting. Cause I'm like, all right, I got to retweet this or show this on Instagram. And I oh, know I think the same way I'm at a match. I'm wearing my cat. I've got, I've always got a tripod with content. My, 
yeah. on the on the side, getting the big view. And uh, I'm always thinking, how can I create content? How can I use this yeah. to promote? How can I use this to promote the industry, the sport, the club, the business, <laughs> the, the this, the that, the big daddy. And Do you bother people too? Can you get my video? Can you get this picture? Can you <laughs> I bother people a lot less now because I have a, I have a system, Kenzie, okay. a system. A tripod, so camera head. I, I have my, I have my tripod. I have an iPhone 13 that, <laughs> pro that I set to the side and I get a big view and I figured out how to do the different views right. and my media guys show me what buttons to push. And so I can set that up on the side and, you know, hopefully I'm not the first guy on the squad going to see where the rest of the guys are standing because I want right. to see everything, you know, and then I'll <laughs> use my tachyon gun cam and, and yeah, I'm always thinking about content. Look, I took, I don't know if you saw this, but I took my little CVA, my little blackout rifle, suppressed rifle. I did the silliest, stupid little video. <laughs> I, had I had cows in my back pasture. And the next pasture is my range where I have my plates. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make some content. I'm going to make some content. I'm like, can never quit working. I know. So I walked out in the first pasture where the cows were, set my phone up, and um, I'm going to leave it to, I'm going to, you know what? I think, I don't that. know if I made a reel out of that. It's on my, it's on my Instagram, Danny Chapman media it might be a reel. Not sure if it's still up, but I've just did. You know, I can't help it. I, I just want to see if I can shoot without spooking the cows. I know. <laughs> I did, I did spook. So I, um, I I'm always thinking about business, always thinking about promoting, promoting, promoting. And it's not because like, I don't feel like I need more followers, more friends, but I really feel an obligation to to do everything I can to get people's attention and get people interested in exercising their Second Amendment rights yeah. and enjoying their firearms. Yeah. And this is a controversial time we live in. God bless those parents who lost those kids. We got to talk about that because it's pertinent. I don't see how we cannot talk about that. Wow. But what I want people to know is um, responsible firearms owners are not the enemy. It's it's the evil in the world, and I really hope and wish we can figure out a way to better protect our, our schools right? and maybe spend more government money to do that. And, you know, I don't mean to get political. I'm really, oh. I'm not a very controversial person, but I think it's an important topic for people it to is. think about. So next time you're out casting your votes, I, I would encourage my friends to think about things like that when they look at who they're going to vote for and, and people are going to um, – work in the best interest of helping to protect our, our schools. Cause we need good guys with guns. Yes. That's what we yep. need. And it's, it's, it's a tough, terrible, controversial issue, but that's the truth. That's it is my, um, I won't name names. And I had this conversation with my friend this morning, one of my best friends, he told me that his son has a bulletproof, you know, plate level three, I think in his backpack. I'm like a kid should not have to go to school with a plate carrier. Like I'm glad he does because his dad's yeah. unfriendly. His dad shoots competition. He knows. And the wife had no idea. Um, you know, the dad just took action. That's what I'm going to do. But yeah. like you said, it's, it's removing me is going to make me more, more vulnerable and um, yeah, schools and just anywhere, anywhere. It doesn't matter where churches, schools, it just good guys with guns could be there. Even just yeah. having a gun on property deters a lot of people when they see it. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm not going to play there. Right. Good friend of mine, uh, John Martin, who actually has a, on a streaming television show called John Martin talks. He talks about political, political issues and you can look him up online. John Martin talks. He's a, he's a friend of ours. I was passing him 
and we were discussing this. It's a, you know, everybody's talking about it and it's a, it's a topic worth talking about. And he said, you know, one of, you, you know, you don't see too many people robbing banks these days, do you? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, think about the security. Most banks have a lot of the banks, especially like the credit unions have an outer door. You walk in, you have to wait for the buzzer, get the inner door. Yep. And he said, why can't we do something like that for schools? And then put a good guy with a gun there that has training and knows what to do. And it's just, uh, it's like, yeah, makes sense to me. Right. Right. So I don't know the answer, but I think that there's a conversation with both sides that won't come together or like we should come together. And that's the struggle point too. It's like, I want to have that conversation, but I don't want the extreme on either side. We just need to figure it out together. You know? Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. But cool. Um, two more questions. talk. <laughs> two more questions. I know. Like, how do you move on from that? But that is something that's happening all the yeah. time. It it's doesn't matter topic. where. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's an important topic to discuss. And I, I don't, I, 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 I would hate for my friends and family members to be um, too casual about exercising their voting rights yeah. when it, when it comes to that's, you know, uh, and sending, sending messages to people who need to hear them. So it's important. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, okay. So we talked about the rewarding part, but I have to know this. What is the biggest challenge about living the life you live? Like what do people not see behind all the work that you do? Um, what do people not see? Gosh, <laughs> uh, we work in such a fast paced environment that sometimes I have to find a, uh, uh, a dark, quiet space to get my work done because we, I, there's so many awesome people here that love our industry. They constantly want to talk about how the match go this weekend. I saw you shooting the PCC and this and that, or I saw that piece of content you made, or what, how did you do that trick shot with the gun upside down and this and that. And, and it's, it's a challenge to, because people are so enthusiastic here about the industry or dude, dude I just got such and such. We have, we have areas that we, we're allowed to carry at work. Uh, con conceal sense, yeah. and then we have certain areas that we're allowed if we want to do show and tell we go to this area we clear we have the barrel you know we we, we think about those things because we love we, it we work in a whole company of these people so constantly so like guess what i got this weekend you want to see it you know let's go over to the safe area and take a look at it so it, it's funny but that is a bit of a challenge sometimes so sometimes i find myself working a little later or coming in a little yeah. early my scripts done or to do my QC on or to look at the video or to make, give my feedback or to get things done. And it's, it sounds trivial, but it's, no, a good it's, it's real. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a real problem. No, people call me and I'm like, love you. When I tell them, love you, I got to keep writing. Like I can't talk, write, focus. And I want to hear what you have to say or right. like talk to you, but yeah, yeah. I, I, mm, that's hard. <laughs> my, my parents were concerned about anti-gunners, coming after me or giving me yeah. a hard time and stuff. And that's really not happening so much. Yeah. Uh, so it's really, you know, it's, it was a, it's, this was just a family concern, especially after I got off the TV show. And then I'm doing a lot of streaming media now. Yeah. So I'm out there a lot. I'm, I'm findable more now. I'm out there more now. And, but that's not really been a problem, so to speak. Every once in a while you get some knucklehead who doesn't like <laughs> what we're into once yeah. they voice their opinion but yeah just uh <laughs> working with all these enthusiastic people so i wouldn't trade it for anything though it's awesome all right final question what is the coolest experience that you've ever had working in this industry and you only get to pick one 
the coolest experience yeah, most epic day of your life oh pro the first well working in this industry or okay it's been a couple <laughs> it's been a couple my first day on set on history channel's top shot television series yeah. was an epic epic day uh knowing that i'm going to be on this television program that millions of people are going to see and it's guns and I get to shoot and I hope I do good and I hope you know, blah 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 that was just I still remember that day um, another epic day was when I met Uncle Jerry for the first time in person which is really cool Jerry Mitchell and um, I mean I mean do you remember the first time you met Oh, I do. Somebody like that was epic. And that was not too long ago. And that was a big day for me because, you know, who does not look up to Jerry Mitchell? Like, Hello. Hello. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hello. So that was a, that was a huge day for me also. I remember my I, first I, selfie I, with him. <laughs> I really, oh, I told, I totally kept my cool. Look, I've got a picture with him and he came to Ocala a couple of years ago when we opened the new Big Daddy. We have a chain of gun stores called Big Daddy Guns, by the way. Yeah. And yeah. Um, uh, he came. He came to help us promote. And I've got this picture with him, and he's just like, you know, you got his mustache, sure. and he's wearing his glasses, and I had glasses on. I had a mustache, and I'm like, I'm just, I'm so trying to keep my cool, <laughs> you know, because this I've been around the block. This ain't my first rodeo, right. you know. I'm like, but it was, but it was Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> that was a big day. That was such a big day. He's got some, such a neat family too. Yeah. Um, you know, I, meeting so many cool people in this industry has been epic for me. Love and it. uh, it's one thing to meet somebody that's good at what they do, but it's another thing to meet somebody that's good at what they do and they're a huge voice for the industry, like Diana Muller. And I'm just going to throw Diana's name out there again because she is a one-of-a-kind person that is out there. She's a professional three-gunner and um, a huge voice for our industry. So the, the first time I really got to have a good conversation with Diana Muller was, was an epic experience for me. You know, shooting guns that I never thought I'd be able to shoot. Oh. The first time I shot a 50 caliber Yep. You know, 50 BMG, the first time I've shot a full auto. Yep. First time I shot a full auto firearm was for this company, Big Daddy Unlimited. And it was an uh, uh, it was a HK MP, MP5. First time I- This no, is recent? It was a Mark 18. It was a Mark 18. Something. Yeah, a couple, yeah, just a few years ago. What? Seriously. Danny yes. Chavez. I know. Just I had a whole lot of experience for you. What? Yeah, yeah. It, you would think, right? So, yeah. 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 I tell people I must have been on the economy version of <laughs> Top Shot because we didn't get to shoot any full autos or any 50 BMG. And not that I was disappointed, but when I shot, saw the pre, the subsequent episodes of them doing cool stuff, I'm like, why didn't you let us shoot that stuff? <laughs> story here. So be, being on that show was, was a huge epic thing for me. Really neat. Working here is epic for me. Being here with you on camera on this podcast is an awesome. epic thing for me. It's it's big. It's uh, it's going to be a great memory with, that I will cherish, cool. and uh, I really appreciate appreciate your interest in talking to me and about the industry and what we're doing here in my life. Yeah. And I'm just a really really lucky guy. I love guns and I love this country and I love our constitution, our freedoms, and and um, just in loving life right now.
more than lucky, hardworking as well. So thank you for all that you do. Thanks for coming on my little podcast. Are you kidding? That's a great honor. You've got the, the whole background oh. and the professional audio. And I'm like, hi, I do this out of my gun room. <laughs> Listen, oh. guys, you didn't see this, but before we went, we were live before we went live and we were scurrying around because I want things to look good. I want things to look good for Kenzie's show here. So we put stuff up on the tack wall and I do not own the Chris Vector. It is not mine. But I have shot it, and it's really cool, and it's really fun. And I ha- and the rocket launcher. Can you see the rocket launcher? Yes, the thing is so cool. I do not own the rocket launcher. You shot I'll it though. Straight up with you. Um, I have shot some really interesting stuff here. I've shot grenade launchers. <laughs> full. I've I've shot some really cool stuff that I've never had the opportunity to do before. And um, uh, at Epic Shoot. Yeah, you were at Epic. You were at Epic, weren't you? No, and I want to go. That's on my Epic? list. Oh, cool. Yeah, but. Yeah, those things. And I miss, I'm not going to make it to NRA this year because I got too too much stuff going on. I've got too many deadlines and things to meet and too many obligations here, which I'm glad for. Yeah. Uh, but I did get to go to SHOT and it was like a big reunion. Uh, it was This year's so SHOT cool. was amazing. And I love SHOT Show, but this year's was phenomenal. It was really cool. And uh, you got time to chat about that for a minute because yeah. I, I, have, I have some cool reunion stories about SHOT yeah. Show this year. I hadn't seen J.J. Ricasa in about, I don't know how long, and he lives in Florida now. Right. Uh, I grabbed J.J. and I brought him in the booth and did an interview with him, which is really, really cool. Um, uh, J.J. and I, I, when J.J. was on Top Shot, he had just either met or was just starting to get serious with Jessica. Oh. And he was telling me, he was showing me pictures of her. He was so cute. Showing me, oh man, I love this girl. I oh. think I'm going to marry her. I blah, 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 which is really cool. Oh. So now, years later, in the, and seeing him so happy and have, uh, making a living in the industry. And he brought his, um, her and their kids out to the gathering. And yeah, that was cool. right? the whole family there. Yeah. Awesome. And I, and I got to see, I didn't see, I haven't seen Rydell Danzi in forever. And Rydell was one of my co-hosts on Gun TV. Oh, and uh, Rydell is not quite as well known as a 2A influencer, but he has this uh, really cool um, show out called Field to Grill. And you can follow him on Instagram and it's about hunting and, uh, you, you know, exercising your second amendment rights and eating and how to and how to cook what you what you harvest and eat it which is really yeah. cool so that was a nice reunion just you were busy i will tell you this guys oh, listening i went to your booth like every five minutes and i was like okay <laughs> he's with that girl he's with that guy oh my gosh so i was like hi jenny from the background i don't think oh, you were man. ever like did you come back without a voice like, oh, I lost my voice on the I, last day. I believe it. No, the night before the last day, I did 31 interviews. No. And and then, you know, you're talking and doing the thing between interviews and talking, networking, talking to yeah. people, doing the stuff. And I lost my voice the night before the last day. And I was only going to work a half a day the next – I only had like – Three interviews lined up the last day. JJ was one of them. And I was like, I'm not going to miss out on this. Yeah. And um, um, I woke up that next morning and I could talk about, thank you, Lord, I can talk. Oh. Yeah, it was busy. But uh, I'm so glad we were finally able to connect. Uh, we probably need to hear more of your story. Uh, and so we probably need to do this again, but switch roles, I think. Okay. okay. I'm nervous about that, but okay. <laughs> I, I like this too, side of things. It's safe. No. I, won't, I won't be too hard on you. Yeah, right. You're in the safe spot. You got the, spot. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So 
Love yeah. It. So I would, I would just like, you know, I feel obligated to send a message to your viewers, uh, to anybody that's on the fence about, uh, uh, enjoying your second amendment rights or uh, going out or getting your concealed carry license, your gun owner, and you want to take that next step, whatever it is. Uh, if we don't exercise these second amendment rights, when one of these days, they may, God forbid, it may no longer be a right. So the more of us who enjoy these second amendment rights and get that education and training, um, I like to say, educate, motivate, and activate, educate yourself, use that motivation and activate those rights and use them and uh let's let's hold on to these rights that are so important to us love it i love it well denny how could people i know you've said it before but how could people find your website your social media um and connect i'm with pretty you easy to find yeah just google me i'm on uh instagram denny chapman media i have a personal facebook page i may be topped out at the five friends <laughs> but i have a uh, a what's it called public figure page Denny Chapman Media as well I'm not doing the Twitter I've got Twitter but I'm not doing it um, if Elon follows through maybe I'll jump maybe. back on I don't know um, and um, I have a lot of content on Big Daddy Unlimited on YouTube so you can follow on YouTube as well and or just Google me I'm pretty easy to find yeah um, I'm, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for sitting down. We could talk for 17 more hours. Um, I know. <laughs> oh, awesome. I just heard my stomach growl. I know. Like, I guess we better, we better wrap this up. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, thank you listeners for tuning in. Yes, definitely. I think Denny, you're, you're legendary. Um, I'll just say that from my end, that legendary hero, amazing oh. representative. And it is really hard to do the things that we do behind the scenes. So like for you to come out and share the work and the effort and it, because I need people to hear it too, not just from me, that like, hey, it's not luck. It is five years, 10 years in the making of, of a lot of work yeah. and sacrifice. So thank you. Cool. Well, thank you so much for having me. I had a fantastic time. Me too. Me too. All right, listeners, stay tuned to next week's episode of the Reticle Up podcast. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Gun Kenzie.